Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. I'm actually, now. You're I'm actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. It ain't hating on me, Chad. You know, I got to something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Mirasa. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Go get out of my face with that crazy that's, that's, stuff. That's, that's. The number to call, 347-633-9365. Y'all got to take, y'all know that. <laughs> or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stud. And now, your host, Chad I'm back. It's uh, 10 a.m. here, or just a bit after 10 a.m. on a Thursday here on the Gridiron Stud Show. I feel like I just did one of these shows. Oh, wait. I did. Last night's show ran a little long, rightfully so. One of the craziest shows we've ever had here on uh, the Gridiron Stud Show. And if you missed out, uh, by all means, you do need to go to Gridiron Stud Show dot com as soon as this one is over to uh hear the read broadcast of last night's show. Yes, it was the normal uh recruiting round table as I had uh guests on from uh two four seven sports rivals as well as scout dot com to talk about recruiting across the country. Uh always great information from uh those reporters when they come on, on Wednesday night, but that is that was not the main event last night. The main event last night as uh, many of you know, was uh, the big story that was on Twitter in recruiting circles last uh, yesterday, and uh, that was having to do why a gentleman named Clutch Like MJ, a uh, well-known at this point in time Gator fan who uh, I'd made friends with uh, a number of the uh, Gator football players, recruits, coaches, etc. But, but, uh. One of his uh, fatal mistakes was uh, making enemies out of uh, fans from Florida State, uh, Miami, and even some other Gator fans. And uh, lo and behold, uh, he was outed for being a catfish. If you don't know what that is, I don't know that I've got time to explain that to you. You probably need to come out from under that rock that you've been under 
to uh, have that explained to you. But nevertheless, uh, that is what went down yesterday, and I had the uh, young man whose real name is Neil Cool. He was going by the name uh, on Twitter of Clutch Like MJ and uh, was using an alias of Ryan Bryant. Uh, but it was learned yesterday the real name is Neil Cool. And um, he was uh, outed by a gentleman who goes by the name of Tipod. Uh, on Twitter, early, early yesterday morning, put out a lot of information about uh, Neil Cool, including uh, his real pictures taken from a, a Facebook uh, account that he had. You know, a lot of work went into that reverse phone lookup. I mean, that's something that cost you money. I mean, money was spent here to uh, bring this story to uh, to fruition and uh, bring it to the pages of the uh, Twitter, and uh, yeah, yesterday had him on, gave his side of the story. You had bloodthirsty fans out there that wanted me to ask all types of questions. The amount of questions coming in on Twitter were crazy. The phone lines were packed like never before here on the Gridiron Stud Show. I mean, I didn't even have a chance to get to all of the callers. And again, I want to apologize to those of you who called in yesterday and uh, were not able to speak and uh, say your piece. Uh, that is hence the reason why I am having uh, a portion of this show today devoted to that. And uh, you know, after we handle the business here of college and NFL talk, and I talk Gators and Knowles football as I do every Thursday, I will allow for callers to call in to today's show and uh, express themselves regarding the clutch like MJ situation and uh, also you know ask any questions that may need to be asked if I can answer them I will if not um I'll kindly say so but uh that's uh, uh what today's show is about and um yeah definitely uh, definitely a wild one yesterday but let's talk a little bit of college football um uh, Nick Saban's a bit charged up I don't know if he's selling tickets here for this game this uh, weekend against Charleston Southern. And now, listen, let me just be on a record at saying this. For those of you who haven't heard me say it, I do not at all like the scheduling of these type games that the uh, SEC has going on this weekend against lesser tier teams. You know, Alabama's playing Charleston Southern. Florida is playing... Florida Atlantic. I don't think I've ever gotten a uh, explanation. I don't think I've ever read an explanation as to why this happens, but it has happened. And just to give you a rundown of things, South Carolina is playing the Citadel. Auburn's playing Idaho. Alabama Charleston is playing Charleston Southern. Georgia's playing Georgia Southern. Could end up being a good game. Kentucky's playing Charlotte. Don't understand why we're having those kind of games uh, on November 21st, the 10th, 11th week of the uh, college football season. I'm one that's not really in favor of it, but you know I don't know the reasons why we're having it. It's not, it's not the entire conference. You do have big time matchups in the SEC. Uh, LSU and Ole Miss are gonna butt heads over there in uh, Oxford, Mississippi. You do have Arkansas and Mississippi State. You've got Missouri and Tennessee and Vanderbilt and Texas A&M. You do have those games going down this weekend, but uh, I'm not big on the Alabama, Charleston, Southern, and uh, you know the other matchups of the 
SEC heavyweights against uh, lesser teams. Nevertheless, uh, Nick Saban doesn't want you to buy that nonsense. Went on a nice little tirade yesterday about how perhaps, you know, you media members are going to take the week off, but the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide will not. And uh, he cited a game against Georgia Southern several years ago in which uh, Georgia Southern showed up and played football and damn near beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Racked up over 300 yards rushing, came to play. And, uh, you know, this was a classic case, and I wish I had the soundbite here for you, but I, unfortunately I do not. To uh, just paraphrase and sum up what Nick Saban had to say yesterday, it was like, you guys in the media are perhaps are going to take the week off. We will not. And if you want to take your opponent lightly and not do the things that you're supposed to do and execute and be Alabama and play Alabama football, well, then you can get yourself a nice surprise here in the season. You know, Alabama's on their way to doing big things. They're in the top four. Right now, if the uh, college football playoff was to happen tomorrow, Alabama would be a part of it. And you have many people saying Alabama's the number one team in the country and their defense is the best. And they're on their way to the SEC championship game. So there's a lot laying ahead of them. Easy to try and step over Charleston Southern. And uh, Nick Saban wanted to remind the media, but I think biggest of all, he wanted to remind his team, and he was using the media to do so, that you'd better not sleep on your opponent this week because upsets do happen. Appalachian State beating Michigan, one of the more famous ones. Georgia Southern, the team who almost beat Alabama did beat, did beat Florida two years ago. Walked right into Ben Hill Griffin Stadium and left out a winner because uh, Florida didn't show up ready to play, which is very easy to do. And I'm sure there is a similar message being preached by the uh, coaches of these teams in the SEC that are taking on these non-name brand opponents this week. But Nick Saban, being experienced and savvy as he is, used the media yesterday to get that message across. And you ask yourself, well, why did he need the media? Why not hold a team meeting? Why not say this uh, at practice? Why not say it during the course of practice? Well, you know, the media is very much a part of the players' lives nowadays. Social media and, uh, you know, television, 24-hour sports news cycles. So it is uh, an attempt by Nick Saban to tame those delivering the messages throughout the week. Because Nick Saban knows, as much as he would like to be around the players 24-7 and control their thoughts and their actions, he is not. They do have to leave the sports complex. They do need to watch television. They they will be on social media. And so Nick Saban is savvy enough to know that I need to plant a bug in the uh, minds of not only the media members, but also the fans as well, so as to not have those forces acting against my players when they're out of my sight. So they're going to get the message from me. That's a given. And uh, I also need them to get the message from you, media members and fans, about Charleston Southern being the only thing that needs to be on Alabama's mind come Saturday and not any uh, game coming up against Auburn or Florida in the SEC championship game or any potential matchups that might happen in the uh, college football playoff or become overly concerned about where they are ranked and where others are ranked. Come Saturday, Charleston Southern at 4 o'clock p.m. needs to be the only thing on his player's mind. So, you know, it's just a little bit of uh, old ball coach savvy being used there by Nick Saban. 
And, uh, you know, this this tirade was started off of a question that uh, I don't think really even had much to do with what Nick Saban went off on. And he did say as much. He's, you know, at the end of his tirade, he just said, I don't even know what you asked me. I don't even remember what you asked me, but I just felt the need to say that. So one way or another, uh, Nick Saban was going to get that message across in that media session yesterday. And he was just waiting for the opportune moment and I guess he deemed that time to be it. So, uh, for those of you out there, please tune in to the Alabama-Charleston Southern game because it's important. You Alabama fans out there, I mean, the game could go the other way. I mean, Charleston Southern could very well walk into Bryant-Denny Stadium at 4 p.m. on Saturday and hand Alabama a very unsuspecting loss. Nick Saban wants you to know that. Hey, who's going to be the next University of Miami coach? It was announced early this week that they have, have a search committee, search party that will be doing, uh, that will be handling this. I'm for one, I'm not for that nonsense. Search parties are to find missing people in the Atlantic Ocean, not a coach. Who are these people? What do they know about the University of Miami culture, the city of Miami? The makeup of the fan base, what makes them tick, what makes them come to games, the lay of the land in terms of recruiting, who, are, how are they? You so, what do you hire these people, and uh, what they spend the next thirty days trying to figure out these factors that I just spoke about? They send the research team out. Really? And uh, you know, some of you out there may be like, oh well, this guy's just being critical about everything. Just being honest, you don't need no search party. I mean, there was a time when athletic directors went out, interviewed people, and did the hiring. Now we got crap known as search parties. For what? Search committees. You know what search committees end up having going on? Look, agendas start taking over. How many people do you need to be involved in the decision of hiring a new coach? Does your athletic director not know does not have his finger on the pulse of the community in which the school is located? If not, that's a problem. I mean, nothing but agendas are going to get pushed when you start talking about search parties. I like this guy. This guy has been nice to me. And sometimes what gets lost is uh, the best interest of the program going forth. So I I don't know. We wait to see how that goes. Uh, I think a search party brought Al Golden here, and I have to agree with Colin Cowherd, who said Al Golden looks like search committee guy. Just has that look, and that's what it got you—a guy just totally out of touch with what needs to happen here, the University of Miami. And I'm not saying you know Al Golden's a a bad coach. <clears throat> Certainly didn't look good as a lead man here for the University of Miami. Perhaps his tactics, his schemes, his plan, uh, the very thick book that he brought here with plans would work well somewhere else. Certainly didn't work here at the University of Miami. And uh, I contend and continue to say that this is the most unique college football coaching job in the country. 
You can't just put whoever in here and say, well, there's a lot of uh, high school talent here in the area, so uh, there shouldn't be any problem recruiting. That's fine. Uh, I might agree with that. Yes, tremendous amount of talent here. And you shouldn't have a problem getting talented players on campus. And that's even if you can't land all the five stars in the area, of which there are many. You can do a lot of damage in college football with the three and four stars located in the South Florida area. Yes, you can. If, if you can develop the talent. If you can allow those players to be the passionate players that they need to be. There's no doubt in anyone's mind that knows anything about football down here is that the players in this area are extremely passionate. If you don't understand that, then you either haven't been around here for a long time or you're just not that bright. They're passionate. And so you can't bring players in here grown up with a tremendous amount of passion playing the game. Many of them started breaking tackles while they had pampers on which means by the time they hit your program, they've been playing football for 15, 14, 15 years. Now you want to clip their nuts and tell them not to be passionate. And sometimes passion boils over and things happen. And are we going to absolutely positively lean all over the players on this team if their passion you know, ends up with them being, making a mistake? That's what young people do. They make mistakes. Hopefully, uh, they don't repeat them. You want to get them corrected. That's part of what this whole education thing is about. But let's not overreact to those things. You have people out there that want Miami to get back to the 80s, get back to the winning days. You know what came with the winning days? Little uh, off-the-field dust-ups. Not advocating that, but I'm just telling you it's a reality. And the reason you had that is because the players were passionate and no one tried to clip their nuts. Or those who tried to clip their nuts were opposed by the head coaches, Howard Schnellenberger and Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, they butted heads with administration. And I don't fault administration for trying to uphold the image of the school. That's their job. The head coach's job is to have this program running uh, on all cylinders and winning. So... Each side's going to do their jobs, and they uh, form a check and balances. You, what you can't have is a coach here who's just going to roll over and play dead for administration who will gladly just run right over the coach here and have these guys drinking wine and eating cheese. That's not going to win at the University of Miami. Not a bunch of choir boys dressed up in tuxedos eating Grey Poupon. That doesn't win here. That's every other program. Maybe that's Ohio State, Michigan, uh, all these other places. Because talent is talent, all right? What has separated the University of Miami over the years has been the passionate football play. So uh, that has to play a part in who they bring here. So getting clean-cut guy who's going to come in here with a bunch of plans and uh, just go about things status quo and get his face pushed in down here in Miami. That's just how that goes. And no one's coming to games unless you win. So you can come here with all the marketing plans. You can come with all that stuff. Man, marketing plans don't work down here. They don't. You know what the marketing plan has to be? Here's step 
steps one, two, three in your marketing plan as a head coach at the University of Miami. The first is to win. The second is to win ball games. The third is to see numbers one and two. People, re- that's all they respond to here. You better win. Period. Point blank. End of story. You've got the Grove. You've got South Beach. You've got. You've got. You've got casinos popping up. There's a lot to do on a Friday night, Saturday night in South Florida. No one's going to watch a team get beat 59-21. They're not watching losing football, period, point blank, end of story. Stop your marketing plan. Just focus on getting a winning team here and then uh, allowing the players to be passionate. All right, I'm off my soapbox on that. Uh, Again, coming up uh, at the bottom of the hour, going to be addressing once again the clutch-like-MJ situation. And uh, we'll be allowing uh, the open phone lines folks to call in. But uh, when I get back, we'll continue our NFL and college football talk when I return on the Gridiron Stud Show. I'll be back right after this. Yeah. Yeah. Halloween. Salibert. Salibert. Yeah. Jumpin', 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 them boys up to something. They just spent like two or three weeks out the country. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. continues to dog uh, Charlie Strong with the uh, is he coming at the University of Miami rumors I'd like to know what people out there think University of Miami fans 
Charlie Strong, is he a good fit here at the University of Miami? You could call in with your thoughts on that. 347-633-9365. 347-633-9365. You can call in about that or anything else, uh, especially search for the new guy here at the University of Miami. But is Charlie Strong that guy? And do you think Charlie Strong's being truthful when he says he's not going or he has no interest in the University of Miami. I don't know that he's actually really said it that way. He, I don't know if he's put it that way. But uh, he has denied. And is trying to kind of distance himself in the media with uh, from the whole University of Miami coaching search situation. But for some reason, I just don't think he's being 100% honest. But what do you think? Is Charlie Strong being honest? You can call in on that. 347 633 Nine three six five, or reach me on Twitter if you're uh, trapped at work and uh, can't get on the horn. At Gridiron Studs, drop me your thoughts on that if you're out there listening today. And again, coming up later on the show, we'll uh, once again be addressing the clutch like MJ situation, Neil Cool, Ryan Bryant, whatever you uh, want to be. You want to name the thing? I, I did have the young man on with me last night and did say he uh, wants to go by his real name, Neil Cool. Now, but for the purposes of this show, I will be calling it the Clutch Like MJ situation because that's how I've built it, and that was his Twitter name, and that's where all this, that was the battleground for this whole deal. Twitter. Twitter is where it all goes down, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, folks are going to Twitter for their news. I mean, that's where people went to find out about the situation in France last Friday. Twitter the world we live in social media rules all i went on a little mini rant yesterday and we'll probably pick it up again but man you've got some bloodthirsty people in social media that are just uh, so eager to wait for someone to slip and fall they were just waiting for ronda rousey to get to take an l and it was just uh look it was nirvana if i could use that word it was just almost too much for them to handle the way that she did end up losing she lost in spectacular fashion, and the memes came. One after the other after the other. Why do we take such delight in the pain of others? I don't understand. Why do we get such a charge out of that? So many references to Ronda Rousey's, um, you know, bold talk. Her confidence. What do you expect someone in her arena to do? You got to be confident in that thing or you will indeed get knocked the hell out. Like your good career that you thought you were going to have, the great career you thought you were going to have, is not happening if you're not confident. So you want to turn back around now and use her words against her? Why are we so eager to do that? Why do we take such delight in the failure of others? I mean, do we see successful people engaging in this uh, type of behavior? How many haters do you know that are successful? People that are just run around hopping from tragedy to tragedy, feeling so great about it. I mean, who are we? Just the beast. Another story that snuck in there yesterday in between all the other mayhem was uh, Les Miles possibly being uh, 
in a little bit of hot water? How true do you think that is? And if where do these stories come from? Like where would someone even get that type of information to have it put out on social media? Or is that just you know, the media trying to make their own story or someone out there with an agenda trying to push it with this not even being true? And is it also possible for a story like that to not be true? And um, put this story out there hard enough that they can bring it into reality. I mean, in this world of social media where everyone's got a voice and a, a loud voice and a voice that can travel, and can people kind of write their own stories out there? You don't like a coach, so you can kind of lead the charge and get a guy put out of there. I kind of think that's what happened with Brady Hoke. Now, no one in Michigan wants to hear that from me, considering that Jim Harbaugh, the lost son, has come home and there are immediate results. And look, Jim Harbaugh is a good coach. Definitely is that. But I feel like the whole story of Brady Hope being on thin ice wasn't started by the administration. I don't think any of that came from the decision makers. I thought it was started outside of the uh, Michigan walls, and the fire grew so great that it hopped over the wall in Michigan and eventually burnt the coach to a crisp. That's the world we live in right now. Looking at something funny here, it's called the Rankings Explained. Someone with some time on their hands went out and explained the uh, college, the most recent college football rankings. I find this to be funny, so let's talk about this right here. Here are the explanations for the rankings. The number 10, Baylor Bears. The world is still not ready for Baylor to be good. That's why they're ranked 10th. Number 9, Michigan State. Let's be honest, 9th is generous. So uh, whoever made this doesn't feel like Michigan State. Worthy of that number nine ranking. The Florida Gators at number eight because SEC bias only applies to Bama. That's the explanation for the Gators being eight. Number seven, Oklahoma Sooners. Everyone just hates the Big 12. That's why they're seventh and not higher. Folks, Oklahoma lost to Texas. What do you want us to do about that? You want us to prop Oklahoma up in the top four? with that nasty, ugly, stinky loss on their record. Number six, Oklahoma State. The reason, unlike Bama and Notre Dame, they have no quality losses. They're a little short on quality wins, too. Hey, man, listen, Big 12 football is just not endearing anybody, okay? You're not playing any defense over there. The scores tell you, but more importantly, your eyes tell you that. Loosely a Power 5 conference when you're playing defense like that. Nevertheless, there will be a big chip on the shoulder of those Big 12 teams when they get out uh, and play some, play in some bowl games. We saw that last year. Continuing with the explanations here. Number five, Iowa. This one's, uh, everyone's had a problem with Iowa being number five. The explanation here is because Iowa is only important during election season. Cute. Anyone buying Iowa? Are we just... Counting the days until Iowa takes that L? What are your thoughts on that? And again, you can call in the show today, 347-633-9365, if you've got a question, comment, 
any expressions that you want to have. But uh, that's the explanation for Iowa at number five, according to this very funny and interesting uh, graphic I'm looking at here. Number three, Ohio State. They've beaten so many cupcakes, they have diabetes. People just not feeling uh, Ohio State football this year. I've maintained this. I think Ohio State's a little bit bored with the whole regular season thing. This does happen. You already climbed the mountain last year with most the majority of the players that you have on this team. The whole regular season thing seems boring. And, yes, Ohio State does not have, has not had the toughest schedule in the country. Even the biggest Ohio State apologist can agree to that. Not the toughest thing in the world. And so, you know, Ohio State's kind of ho-humming their way through this. And uh, I think they're just waiting for the postseason to uh, crank things all the way up. The danger in doing that, though, is you may have been dormant so long that you have a, a really hard time getting things cranked up, and then you get bounced in the first-round playoff game. I did skip one. I apologize to all the Irish listeners and fans out there. Number four, Notre Dame. Not sure how, but Lou Holtz is responsible for this. Cute. Number two, Alabama. Bama's contract states they must be in the top four. People hate Alabama. They just do. Not a ton of Alabama fans outside of the uh, state of Alabama. So a little bit of venom thrown there. Number one, Clemson, because it'll be even funnier when they lose. Man, this person here doesn't like anything going on with those rankings. But this is college football. In about four years ago, I went through this whole intricate uh, diagramming of the 120 teams in Division One football at the time. I put them all in regionally specific and relevant uh, conferences and divisions. It was a really good thing. I, again, I'm pat myself on the back for having put that together. Very nice. Something that would rival the NFL. You play the teams in your division and you have crossover games against teams in another division at another conference. We come down to a winner on each division. They play a conference championship game. Every conference does this. And then we go about selecting um, you know, some wild cards, and we have a legit playoff, a legitimate playoff. I went through doing all that. Great. Very proud of it. If it was a science project, I would have taken pictures of it. I would have held it for 30, 40 years. Uh, it would have been uh, the subject of many throwback Thursdays. Very. Listen, I put some time into this thing. But uh, after doing it, some time after doing it, I realized that's not what college football needs, folks. For you people out there thinking college football needs a – uh, well-diagrammed and put-together playoff that would consist of 16 teams, 32 teams, whatever the heck you want to do it. I dare say to you that that's not what college football needs. College football needs to be different than the NFL, and if they went and had that kind of playoff, I think that's what they would be. College football has thrived for years on being controversial. And the biggest controversy has always been the national champion when there have been years where there have been teams with identical records, whether that be undefeated or one loss. And now with the uh, advent of this college football playoff where you're taking only four teams, 
the controversy surrounding what four teams from what conferences get to be a part of that. It causes a tremendous amount of discussion. Like, how much would we be talking about the college football race if we had a a 16-team playoff at the end? We'd kind of be cut and dry. We'd know who's in. We'd know who's out. By and large, maybe there'd be a couple people making noise for number 17 and 18 in the country, but the noise wouldn't be that loud. A lot louder noise when you go with only four, which is why I don't think college football is going to get to an 18 playoff. Uh, that run college football are dumb, but they're also not dumb. Like, they're dumb for having this targeting rule. I get it. You want to have something there so you could say later, you know, years later on, you're giving something for your lawyers to use to fight against the inevitable lawsuits that may come down the road. Say, hey, we did do something about it. We did have this rule. It's a stupid rule. It's dumb. Seen enough games live and on TV this year to just get completely and totally aggravated by this rule. You're sending off players off the field for playing football. And what drives me absolutely insane is when you make a call like that, you review it like you hold us up in the stadium, okay? You hold us hostage there for five minutes, ten minutes sometimes, looking at the replay, seeing everything that we're seeing. It's up on the big jumbotron for crying out loud. And you come back. It's obvious on the jumbotron to 90,000 people who see it on a life-size big video board that the individual did not make helmet-to-helmet contact. And you come back after five, ten minutes of wasted time and say it confirms what was called on the field, and now the player's got to leave and go to the locker room. Like, there's two tragedies there. Number one, player being sent off the field for playing football. Number two is, you wasted our time and went and looked at a video that everyone can see you made a wrong call, and you come back and say the call was right. Like, you insult our intelligence, you insult our sense of vision, and come back with this stupid call. First call was dumb. Your replay explanation, completely stupid. College football has got to get rid of the targeting rule, and they really need to reconsider what they're doing there with instant replay. Because it really looks like the folks running the instant replay upstairs might be uh, the scared son of the white hat referee that's down on the field. It's almost like he gets on the phone with the person upstairs and says, hey, listen, we got a call down here. You better take a look at it, and you better come back with confirming our call. Yeah, we were dead wrong, but you better not, better not embarrass us right now. Do not front on us, basically. I think that's what they do. Refs, go. They grab the mic, call upstairs. Hey, look, take a look at this because the crowd's booing or whatever. Coach is making noise over here. Take a look at it, but, hey, you better not front on us. I'm telling you that right now, or you can see me in the parking lot. Is there any doubt that that's how that conversation goes down with the white hat and the replay guy? Hey, take a look at this, and you know what to do. Come back with a confirmation of the call that we made. You better not front on us, or you can see these hands in the parking lot after practice, after this game. You will get knocked out if you reverse our call, straight up. Has to be. That has to be the conversation. That has to be how it's going down. Because what they're coming back with um, is an insult to all college football fans, both in the stadium and the millions watching at home, time and again. And there will be a dumb, ridiculous, stupid, absolutely, uh, let me not use that word, 
But there will be a bad targeting call or two or three this weekend. There will be. Causing me to have to go on this rant again. They exist every week. And a player will be robbed of a portion of his college football career. Because that's what it is. That might sound a little dramatic to some people listening out there, but that's exactly what it is. You're robbing a kid of his college football career. Can you imagine a kid in one of those rivalry games, Oklahoma, Texas, USC, UCLA, Florida, Florida State, Michigan, Ohio State, playing in the, you know, you, how, you grew up dreaming of playing in a game like this. Here you are, you worked yourself into a situation to where you could be playing in this game. Perhaps you're even starting, you have a big role in it, or whether you got a big role in it or not, you're participating in the game of your dreams, and you go in and make a tackle to make a big play in the game of your dreams, and your helmet hit the helmet of another guy, and some referee's telling you, you got to go. Sorry, we're going to crush your dreams right now. We're going to rob you of a portion of your college football career. Why don't you... Go hit the showers. No, no, no. Don't hit the showers. Matter of fact, go stand over there on the sidelines and sit there in limbo for five to ten minutes while I get here on the mic and I tell the replay guy upstairs, um, hey, take a look at this, but don't come back with uh, anything other than what the hell we just said right here on the field. And uh, I'm going to let this young man stew here on the sidelines, wringing his hands, praying to God. apologizing for every bad thing he's ever done in his life just to say that the referees can come back and excuse the nonsense that they're about to say, only to have the referee come back and say, yeah, after uh, the after reviewing the play where the player hit the uh, other guy with his shoulder, we will maintain that it was helmet-to-helmet contact. And hey, now, guy, hey, you, guy, that was playing in the game of his dreams, it's now a nightmare. Please, go. Have your seat in the locker room and watch the rest of your teammates fight. Absolute, complete, and utter all-American nonsense. And uh, that's it. I don't even know where I uh, started with this. <laughs> but here I am. I ended up on the targeting rule, one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. And, you know, old Chad's been around for a little bit, 43 years. Seen a lot of college football. Seen a lot of it. Played in it. And this, uh, without a doubt, the dumbest thing. All right, so let me get off my soapbox, my rant. Let me put that away. I went all Nick Saban on you guys here. But it is time to talk Florida Gators football. And, you know, Gators, these are the games that I've gone to live this year. Have had uh, several players kicked out on the targeting rule. But we're not going to talk about the targeting rule today. We're going to talk about the Florida Gators targeting an SEC championship. And uh, who better to talk about that than uh, with Nick Delatore from Gator Country dot com nick what's going on you got me all riled up talking about the uh the worst rule in college football and now we can't talk about it anymore yeah well you know what feel free to let loose on that i think the only voice people have heard about this on the gridiron stud show really has been mine so what are your thoughts on the targeting rule uh i think it's like you said the 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 ncaa hides behind player safety and you know uh sure uh, maybe con- concussions have gone down, but uh, what it comes down to is the NCAA is trying to protect themselves from lawsuits, and the referees don't know how to call it. So it's like you said, and, and football's a violent game. You have a very finite window of of time where your body can play this game, and when you kick a mm-hmm. kid out, 
Uh, Jordan mm-hmm. Sherritt probably made the best tackle of his career uh, that would have stopped a Vanderbilt drive. Great mm-hmm. sack, and he's thrown out. And then he misses half a game the following week. Um, so is the rule bad? Yeah, that's bad the other part of this. Questions? Yeah, you get kicked is, out is of the a rule game, bad and depending on when you get no. kicked out, yeah. you know, you lose the next week. Is the rule bad in its intention? No. But the people calling it don't know what they're calling, and that's my problem mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, I want to see the whole thing removed. Can you imagine this? All right, you've got uh, God for well, you know. Let's take a look at this example. All right, Alabama's playing Charleston Southern, and in the second half of this football game, you've got someone from Alabama that comes in, you know, makes a tackle, and yeah, it's one of those situations like Jordan's where you know you don't make helmet to helmet contact. Clearly a bad call, but targeting is called, and you know they're going to go review it. And I haven't seen any of these things overturned yet this year. So in the fourth quarter of the Charleston Southern game, uh, well, this Alabama player is removed. This now means that in the biggest game of the year, which make no mistake about it, I don't care what the records are, the Alabama Auburn game is the biggest game of the year. If you're an Alabama Auburn player, he's got to miss the beginning of that game. So he's got to go through the whole next week of preparation and knowing that I will not start this biggest game of my year. It could be I could be a senior. I could have been waiting mm-hmm. my whole life to play in this game as a senior, and now I'm going to lose it. I think it's despicable. Despicable, I mean, you don't despicable. run between the tackles against Alabama because of Sean Robinson um, and Jaron Reed. You just don't. You can't run between the tackles. Those guys prevent it. So what happens? Sean mm-hmm. Robinson goes in for a legal tackle, uh, second half against Charleston Southern, uh, and, and now he's not playing against Auburn. Yep. And it's just putting too much control in the refs' hands, and it's not letting kids play. It's like I said, they they don't know how to call it consistently and that's the biggest problem with it yeah yeah well let's let's get on the field here i did spend a portion of uh the the beginning part of today's show talking about nick saban's rant about Mm -hmm. uh you know the media taking the week off and they're not and you know i'm you know i'm savvy enough to know what nick was doing there and that was kind of talking to his team through the media and and trying to get the media to follow along here Mm. um florida doesn't need so harsh of a reminder this is a team two three years ago that uh took a loss one of the one of if not the most embarrassing loss in the school's history against georgia southern so um and there's still if i'm not correct some players that held over uh, from that team that can quickly remind the, the youngsters that, hey, listen, every game means something here, and if you don't come out with your full effort, you can get slapped sideways. What's the whole vibe you're getting in terms of the team's attitude about playing Florida Atlantic in the midst of this dream season they're having? Uh, well, you can even go back to, uh, I think a better example is in 2012, Florida you know, had one loss to Georgia, um, was already eliminated, eliminated from the SEC East, but you know, it was a Notre Dame win away from going to a national championship that season. Um, and you need a blocked punt against Louisiana Lafayette to win the game. Um, so that's mm-hmm. really what is keying in for me this week. It's Florida is, is going well. Uh, when they lost to Georgia Southern, that was, uh, you know, spiraling down a dark hole uh, losses every week. Um, so to me, it's really going well, feeling good about yourself. And then it's kind of like Jim McElwain said, Jalen Tabor said it. Every player mm-hmm. on the opposite sideline would love to be on our sideline. If you're playing football at FAU, no disrespect to anyone there, 
if they had a committable offer to Florida, they probably would not be at FAU right now. Uh, sure. Jordan Scarlett uh, was committed to FAU for all of eight seconds uh, <laughs> before about before flipping. Um, so, to me, the team is 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 focused, and I think that's part of you know Jim McElwain's win the now, and he and he really mm-hmm. stresses. Um, you know, winning that walk from the locker room over to the practice field on Monday. It's not even, you know, winning mm. a play. It's winning everything you do. So, to me, that's what Jim McElwain's really been able to do well. And I think the best thing that happened to Florida was feeling good about themselves after winning the first game of the year and then kind of taking a week off mentally for ECU and then struggling a little bit with ECU. And I think that was able – that allowed Mac a teaching moment to kind of hammer it in and say, listen, we're not good enough to just roll the ball out there and beat anybody. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. who's on the other side of the field. You have to put the work in Monday through Friday and show up to the field, show up to the stadium, ready to play on Saturday. So I think the it might not be easy to get up for um, FAU, especially when you know last week you were playing to finish uh, a perfect record in the East now you've got a big rival in Florida State coming up. You're already locked into the SEC championship, and who are these two and eight owls coming in to, to play us? Yeah, I listen, I've been quite critical of the SEC for having this week that they're having right here. You've got, I believe, four teams out of the conference playing lesser teams, uh, Florida being one of those. Um, you were taking on Charleston Southern, the Citadel, and Florida Atlantic. Uh, do you, by any chance, know the reasoning behind this, or are you as a, as baffled about it as I am? Why, why are we doing this in November in week ten or eleven of the college football season? Uh, we're doing it because we got big rivalry games next week. Next week is rivalry uh, rivalry weekend, and you know uh, it affords you maybe the opportunity to rest some guys who have been dealing with nagging injuries. Um, you know, you know well as a former football player, you are maybe healthy for game one, depending on how your camp mm-hmm. went. And then you are not 100% healthy the rest of the year. So you get a, uh, you know, a, a Charleston Southern coming in. Maybe guys will play a quarter, get some rest, and then you can be healthier for that Iron Bowl or for that Florida-Florida State game. So uh, I think that's what it is. And it's just another opportunity to get a home game, uh, get a win, and make some money because that's what we're all trying to do in college football. We're just trying to make money. Yeah, well, that's uh, the name of the game, obviously. And uh, I, you know, look, as a fan, I think it it sucks. But um, you know, I guess that is some of the reasoning that you have uh, going on there. Let's talk about the rankings. Uh, I just read mm-hmm. off some uh, someone's funny explanation for the way that they shake out. Are you of this opinion? And would you say, would you agree with me on this? Florida, if they were happen to win out, which would mean a win over Florida State and Alabama, is a mm-hmm. slam dunk to be in that top four. I think I emphasis think it would on be slam dunk. A, I think it would be a travesty um, if Florida were to win out, finish eleven and one, and that would mean wins over top fifteen ranked FSU, and it would be you know top two, top three ranked Alabama, um, and then to be left out. Um, mm-hmm. I think really Notre Dame is the team right now that's kind of holding on to one of those top four spots that will get jumped. Um, I I think there's no way you keep any one loss SEC champion out of the college football playoff. Um, So to me, if Florida runs the table, goes undefeated, now you're looking at their only loss on the year was because of 
of a less miles, crazy mad hatter, fake field goal. Um, mm-hmm. And then you leave them out. Uh, I, mm. I think that I think Florida fans would have a a big gripe there uh, with the selection committee. Well, let's play out this scenario, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. Notre Dame, one of the teams you spoke of in the top four that would get jumped. Uh, at the end of the day, if Notre Dame wins out, their lone loss would have been to the number one team in the country by less than a touchdown. Right. Um, I mean, if you're a Notre Dame fan and you get hopped, do they not have uh, a reason to yell and rant and rave and scream and take up arms and Riot. Well, I think we saw. I think we saw it last year um, with the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve was really penalized for not having a conference championship game. And I know that mm-hmm. Notre Dame is, is semi-aligned with the ACC now, but they're not going to be playing in a conference championship game. So it'll be interesting to see. I really don't like. Um, there was some talk about Notre Dame's prestige and, and the history of the program being uh, mm-hmm. part of the reason why they're thought of. You know, as highly because I don't think they have a very impressive win um, on on their schedule right now. So mm-hmm. I don't think prestige and, and what your program did. Well, they would if the they if they went out though now close out with USC wins and Stanford wins. Right? Would that mean anything? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I feel Stanford is very good at running the ball. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what they do else other than that: run the ball and play some defense. And to mm-hmm. me, USC is uh, like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. You don't know what you're going to get from them on a week-in mm-hmm. and week-out basis. So you can mm-hmm. have a, a USC team that comes in flat that doesn't look very good, uh, and mm-hmm. to me that's not a great win. If, if USC comes out and plays the way that they can, because that team uh, probably has as much talent on it um, right. as any team in the country, and whoever is going mm-hmm. to get that job is, is, is getting a treasure chest of talent to deal mm-hmm. with. So. It mm-hmm. depends on what USC team would show up. And I think that's uh, the good part about having a committee and not just having computers do this, is that the committee mm-hmm. hopefully will be watching and be able to make an educated choice on which USC team showed up. Right. Well, there are two other teams here that you make a case of. Obviously, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma are going to play uh, at, you know, in, a, in a week here. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State's undefeated. Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma. Uh, they're an undefeated football team. Can you can you have can you have the Florida Gators hop over an undefeated football team? Because you know though the, though the Big Twelve does not have a championship game this year, uh, they did do a little something strategic here and push the big time games towards the end of the season to give the kind of uh, championship game effect. How would you feel about something like that happening? I think if you. Um... I think if you've run if you've run your your schedule and we'll make mm-hmm. you know well the the Big Twelve it doesn't stack up with the SEC it's an easier road mm-hmm. regardless if if you line up you've got twelve games and you win twelve games have no losses I think you deserve to be in that top four um, mm-hmm. but we saw how much Alabama jumped um, when when they who was it that Alabama beat when they jumped into the top four um, was it not LSU. Yeah, uh, LSU was ranked two or three, and mm-hmm. uh, Alabama handles them and immediately jumps mm-hmm. up. So I think a, a Florida win would then be over a number two team. They're already an eight team. So I think how much respect Alabama gets, a lot of it deserved, um, really mm-hmm. plays in Florida's favor. But I don't know if Oklahoma State runs runs the table, finishes undefeated, I think they have to be um, in that top four. And then you're going to look yeah. at uh, Clemson needing to run the table. 
um, to stay in the feeder or the ACC might get shut out. Yeah, and then, you know, that's listen, obviously the college football is going to get what they want here at the end, and that's Mm -hmm. going to be controversy. There's really going to be no way around it. I I can't envision a scenario taking place here in which uh, there will not be teams with a legitimate gripe that will go on and on and on well into the bowl season about it. There will be some unhappy faces. Someone's going to get the the, uh, quote-unquote shaft here. Um, but again, I think this might be the reason why we have a four-team playoff and not eight, because four is going to create the same amount of controversy that college football seems to like, want to have, and thrives on. So, uh, mm-hmm. sliding back over to uh, to the field here, um, as I've you know I've made the major sin that Nick Saban doesn't want anyone to do in the media this week, and we start talking about stuff down the road. Florida Atlantic, if if they were to beat the Gators, how would they do it? Um, Jim McElwain's brought it up, and I've watched a couple um, of FAU games, and, and he's right. They do a lot of kind of trick gadget kind of things on offense. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen Florida be susceptible to some trick plays. Um, obviously, the mm-hmm. guys in the secondary are very good, um, mm-hmm. like to jump routes, so maybe you know a double move, something like that, uh, mm-hmm. the flea flicker that LSU hit, stuff like that. Uh, and then also a running quarterback, so – you know, Jacquez Johnson isn't your typical mobile quarterback. He's six foot one, two hundred and forty pounds. He's a big boy. Um, has mm-hmm. over fifteen hundred career rushing yards. He's also a mm-hmm. senior. Only has two games left. Uh, so this is probably his bowl game, as, as the Owls aren't going to a bowl. So, to me, it's it's being able to tackle Jacquez, and, and then it's staying. It's staying sounded in your assignment to not let mm-hmm. some some trick plays um, burn you. You you can't let teams like FAU who don't have the talent to match up with you on both sides of the ball. You can't let them hang around. You need to kind of go out early. And I think we've talked about this before. Go out early and, and hit them right away. And then you put that seed of doubt in the other team. Well, our coaches told us this was going to work all week and, and that we were going to hit them with this and we'd be successful mm-hmm. if we did this. We tried it. Mm-hmm. And it went nowhere. So you need to plan right, that seed right. of doubt. The longer you let a lesser team hang around, uh, the more confidence they build throughout the game. Well, with the last moments that we have here, give me an update on it because you you did speak to it as to why we are even having these kind of games prior to the rivalry weekend. Speak to the health of the uh, Florida Gators team uh, going into this game against FAU. Um, it's comparative to the past couple years. Um, it, it's actually very healthy. So Florida's going to be down, um, possibly David Sharp. I think David Sharp's injury is one where uh, you you enjoy having FAU on the schedule. They would have liked to have mm-hmm. sat him for the entire Vanderbilt game. And I think if uh, the score isn't so close that he wouldn't have come in in the second half. So I think that's what we're looking at with, with David Sharp, the starting left tackle um, this week. If Florida, mm-hmm. I think he won't start with a foot injury. And if Florida is comfortable has a comfortable lead going into halftime that you won't see him, but he could mm-hmm. play He's healthy enough to play. You'd rather rest him on the defensive side. Um, Jonathan Bullard has been cleared. Um, so that helps, but Jordan Sherritt mm-hmm. will be out. Joey Ivy's going to miss his fifth game of the year, his fourth consecutive game. Uh, so now you're getting into a situation where you've got a really deep defensive line Florida rotates uh, when healthy rotates 11, 12 guys on a defensive line. So now you're going to be taking out two or three. Someone like Kerry Clark um, is going to have to play more. Uh, Brian Cox, who's been playing 
offense and defense is going to have to play more. So it's just asking more from guys who who have played just to play a bigger role. Um, but health-wise, uh, knock on wood, Florida has remained relatively healthy uh, throughout the year. Yeah, well, certainly good news for them going going into this game. And, you know, as you alluded to, uh, having a game like this allows guys who – absolutely you know who who need a rest to 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 get it and not uh be in a situation where you know missing a guy could end up costing you a game so um we'll see we'll we'll you know we'll see if florida can uh avoid a, any disaster at all here on saturday and i will give uh, i think that's one of the best things jim McElwain has done in his first season at florida and that is get guys prepared uh not only physically but really prepared mentally for the games each and every week, whether that's a big-time matchup or it's a, a game like this one, and we'll see if he continues on that path. Yeah, that's, it's, a, it's a tricky thing to do, especially uh, Florida hasn't played in a lot of big games the past two years, uh, and they've kind of – it's what he said before, or in, before and after the Tennessee game. When you win big games – it puts you in positions to play bigger games. So Florida's played in really big games. This game does not fall into that category. Uh, but Jim McElwain, in his education degree, has shown um, that he's very astute and able to get guys to be focused for games that don't have the national attention or the lore uh, that aren't rivalry games. So uh, it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see. I, I, I don't expect Florida to come out flat. I, I expect them to um, handle their business this week and uh, – We'll see some some young guys playing uh, late in the fourth, late in the third. All right, and I think that's what all all the Florida fans want, and you know want want to see in this game here, and and a get some young guys in there, and b walk out of this thing healthy. Nick, as always, thanks for coming on and talking Florida Gators football with us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Of course, have a good one, Chad. All right. That's Nick Delatore from GatorCountry.com. If you're a Florida Gators fan and you want the latest information on the uh, on the field, uh, pregame lead-up, postgame stuff, pictures, uh, recruiting, uh, feel free to go to GatorCountry.com. They uh, do a very, very good job of covering the Florida Gators. Well, it's uh, time to talk Florida State football and uh, exactly get the latest on what's going on in Seminole land, and no better person to do that with than Bud Elliott from TomahawkNation.com. Bud, how you doing this morning? Chad, I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, hung over without drinking, because that, uh, that show I had last night was a crazy one. <laughs> hey, that, that, <laughs> to say the least. It's not often you get, you get a fastball down the middle like that, and, and you have to hit it out of the park like you did. Yeah, um, listen, you uh, one of the craziest shows that I think I've I've had, perhaps the craziest, and um, you know, it all it all went down here last night. And you know, I know you were there listening, but man, what a crazy situation! If you thought recruiting was nuts, um, or you didn't think it was nuts, and you and you you were on to what went down last night, you quickly changed your mind. Recruiting is absolutely crazy. Oh, it, it, it's it's insane, and I think it really reinforces what we see on a day-to-day basis, and, and that's that people take way too much of their self-worth from the success or failure uh, of their football team. And, and as someone who runs a college football website, I'm, I'm damn glad they do. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, yeah, at the same time, some folks need to just kind of chill out at times. So that's, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit intense, and, and it's fun to, to stoke the rivalry and, and, and to kind of work the fans into a frenzy, but... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was kind of an interesting situation there. 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> to, to say the least. All right, are you with me on this? Uh, I'm not too pleased um, or thrilled about the SEC having this kind of week that they're having in which four teams are taking on uh, lesser opponents. Um, I, you know, Obviously, Florida State is doing the same thing. What are your thoughts on November week 10 or 11 of the season? You are, are strolling in with a Chattanooga. What's your thoughts on that as a fan? Well, I'll actually uh, we're going to have some fun debate here uh, because I, I'm actually in favor of it. Uh, you know, we, we mm-hmm. keep expanding the number of games in college football. If you're a team that that, that is in contention for the playoff, you have potential uh, to, to play 14, 15 games, uh, and that's mm-hmm. you know, that, that's, that's a whole lot of ball games to play. Now, I will say this: Who loses in this arrangement? Does Florida State lose? Does the SEC lose? Do these FCS teams lose? I, I don't think so. I think they're all they all come out winners. If you got some players mm-hmm. who need to rest. You arrest them. The FCS guys, they get a check, and then all of that, they get, they're going to get to tell their kids and their grandkids, man, I lined up on the same field as Dallas Cook. You know, I played right. against Derwin James. Now, mm-hmm. I think that we can argue here that the fans are the real losers in this, right? Right. Because, you know, you, you pay for seven season tickets, and one of your seven is this game. But but I point out mm-hmm. here that the quality of the FCS opponent really does, and, and it, it really matters. For instance here, Florida State played Texas State, which is a, a FBS opponent to open the year. They were favored by 38. They they played Chattanooga mm-hmm. this weekend. They're favored by 30. Chattanooga is one of the best FCS teams in the country. They're, they're, they're going to be a national seed in the in the FCS playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and my my question is, do you think if you took the average fan, they could tell you, hey, this is an FCS team, this is an FBS team? I don't think so. How many people do you think know where Appalachian State is, where North Dakota State is, You know, like as far as the FCS, FBS? So if we want to talk about eliminating a lesser opponent in Week 11, fine. But let's not have, let's not focus solely on, on FCS because there's a lot of FCS teams that are better than, let's say, like the bottom, you know, bottom 25 teams in FBS. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I think the point I'm trying to make is that once you start and you get into that uh, conference schedule, in my opinion, week 10 and 11 should be a conference game. You know, it's the murderous row of getting through your conference to get to the end of this season and see where you stand. I've got, listen, you're talking to a guy who who played at Long Beach State, who played against the University of Miami and then turned around and played for the University of Miami. I lost a game 55 to nothing against the school I ended up playing for that beat another team 58 to nothing. So I get the whole deal uh, about what it's like to be that lesser team playing against the big boys and giving yourself, giving a player an opportunity to have a shining moment in a game like that. I'm all for those things that you said. My only problem with this is having it at this time in the year. Um, I think these games should be reserved for September. Not when you get into November, not when we're putting out rankings, not when we're it'd be okay, but maybe if every conference was doing it, if all the big boys somehow were able to do it logistically, maybe you couldn't. But when you've got one conference in which they're going through the end of the year like the Pac twelve and they're playing conference games and then you've got the SEC and you've got, you know, Florida State and some select others playing a Charleston Southern, come on man, how's that how's that even level ground? You know what I mean? So sure. No, I, I think that, that's that's a very fair point. Um, I guess the only counter to that would be if you make these games be September only, and I think you would probably have to have what the, the Power Five conferences agree on some sort of referendum, like, hey, no, none of these games after week five. Fine. Mm-hmm. 
is that is that going to reduce the number of attractive non-conference matchups early on in the year? For instance, Alabama played Wisconsin this year in week one. Mm-hmm. And Alabama plays USC in week one next year. If they mm-hmm. have to pack their FCS game in, it, are those type of games going to be reduced? Because I think, in, it, you know, as far as fan perspective, those are the games you really want to see. And we, I, I want to see these, these interconference matchups. Oh, no doubt about that, and that's what the fans want. And I made this point yesterday. You can't. This is not professional football. These are college football players. So you know, Alabama can't play LSU every week. Uh, Florida can't play Florida State every week. You know, it is not what you're going to do to these kids. But uh, how about we say you only have one of these FCS games a year? How about that? Uh, eliminate sure. having multiple games like this. Um, uh, that could be you know, Saban, one Saban way to look at it. Saban has said that he wants to play only Power Five opponents. Like he, he mm-hmm. said, he, he wants everybody else. And I'm thinking, of course you do, Nick, because you got stacked up. Of course, he's, juiced, would, he's, yeah, he's, start he's primed and juiced <laughs> for that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mississippi State might not agree, but yeah, Alabama I mean, you got, you got all the best players. players sure. Who, who would start at UF or start at FSU. I mean, that, that's how right. good that unit is this year. So, yeah, that's uh, – of course he does. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Thanks for throwing that out there. <laughs> Did you happen to hear his rant yesterday? I, I did, and this has become kind of a, an annual tradition, I think. Uh, if you remember last year, he did it too when they were playing, I think, Georgia Southern, and I think he did it the year before. He, he always manages to go on a rant because somebody tips him off, or or not tips him off, but kind of kick, you know, kicks him off here as far as asking the question about Auburn a week too early. Right, right. I, I don't know that he really even gets ticked off. I think he comes into the uh, press conference on this given week um, ready to talk to his players and is going to use the media to do it because that's all I oh, saw in that talk yesterday. Yeah, he, he didn't even get a question on that topic, and he admitted <laughs> yeah. that. He's like, I don't even know what you asked me. I just wanted to say that. And, yeah, and he wanted to talk to his <laughs> players, and he knows that, yeah, you guys are going to get the message from me uh, after and during practice and in meetings, but I need to make sure the media is uh, continuing on that same ground when you guys are home uh, and things like that. So that's that's the annual tirade. I thought this was an especially good one, though. Uh, yeah. You know, what what, what, what I, I, I was like the term he used? Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, sh- shit through a uh, through a some kind of horn. Um, yeah, a uh, tin horn. Yeah, that, yeah, that was a new that, one. That, yeah. Definitely a new one. Um, I tell you what, though, if if you're listening to this radio show, go pull up the video of the Nick thing because Nick is such a hand talker. I really think you lose some of the value if you just get the audio. You got to watch him wave his hands like he's trying to like land in an airplane. Yeah, very good fellas. Very, uh, very Italian. Yes, and the whole open yeah. hand with the finger spread. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta observe the fine points of the hand talking that's going on there with, with good old Nick Saban. All right, I'm gonna ask you the and same question that counter. I asked. I, I'm sorry, yeah. I, I want a little counter up in the corner of the video, like for every time he says "I." I, you know, cause it, 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 it's great. We, we, there's got to be like ten or fifteen of those in there. Oh yeah, and you know, once he gets on that roll, you know, those those things are going to start popping out on him, and it's just uh, it's it's funny to watch. And you know, I get entertained by these things. You know, all these guys are from the Bill Parcells tree, and we know how he handled the media. So I'm sure you know Parcells, and uh, uh, I'm sure Saban and and uh, Bill Belichick all took their little clues from from how mm-hmm. bill parcells handled the media so no uh, very much bra- very much branches and leaves off of that tree all right i'm going to ask you the same question that i asked nick delatory um yes uh chattanooga is a good football team in the fcs if chattanooga was to come and pull the monumental upset on florida state this week sorry florida state fans how would that happen oh uh well i, I think uh i mean turnovers 
has to be the thing mm-hmm. because if you, Florida State's defense is is pretty pretty dang good. Uh, they they held I think they held NC State to three point seven yards of play last week, which was by far the lowest NC State had put up um, mm-hmm. against anybody. So mm-hmm. you're not going to move the football conventionally. I, I think against FSU, FSU's defense, you're going to need a lot of turnovers that flip the field. Probably special mm-hmm. team scores. Uh, we know FSU's punter is, is kind of only shows up for big games. It seems, which is kind of crazy, but yeah. it's it, the stats kind of right. they really kind of bear it out. Uh, you probably need to be plus four or plus five in the turnover ratio, and then be awesome in the red zone and have FSU be uh, be very poor in the red zone, kick you know kick field goals and, and not score touchdowns. But I, it had to be a low scoring game or where the offense just kind of melts down because I. There's there's no way you're you're gonna win a game that's you know like forty or forty or anything. Right. Yeah. No. No doubt about it. I mean, what kind of problems offensively would Chattanooga present to Florida State's defense, which, in my opinion, has been probably the better unit. You may disagree or agree with that, but the better unit oh, uh, through this season. Much better. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think it's a lot better. I mean, at least it's better to watch. Dalvin Cook's amazing, and, and the offense is more efficient than we realized because it looks so ugly at times. But the defense has been better. Uh, Chattanooga's got a QB, and I forget his name. I was looking through the notes earlier. He's one of the best QBs in the FCS, and a really mobile. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my question is, Chattanooga's going to the playoffs as a national seed. They mm-hmm. are, are, are – how long are their starters going to play? I mean, you got to yeah, think – Yeah, is this a good game for them? Yeah. Right. I don't know if it actually is. If you're if you're that level of FCS program, I mean, do you want your guys to get beat on by Florida State for four quarters, and then next week you go play in, you go play round one of the playoffs? I, I don't know that you do. I think the approach is probably we go in here and we go hard at it early on here, and if and if we find ourselves in a game that we think we can win, uh, winning a game like this could be a program changer. So we we ride oh, sure. it out all the way through. But if we go in here hard and fast, and Florida State came to play, and they slap us around, then we start thinking about sitting guys that we need, you know, for our, you know, our playoff run. Especially because because what you don't have is pass protectors, and and you don't want to be dropping that kid back 30, 40 times in, in a game where, where FSU doesn't have to respect the run anymore because they're up four touchdowns, you know, and they're just teeing off on the guy. What kind of what kind of offense are they running anyway? Is it balanced, it, it, pass-centric, it's a, it's a spread option look. I, I, I was very lucky because I haven't been able to watch much of them, but I had a guy email me this week. sent me like 4,000 mm. words. So he's, he's, he, uh, uh, he's a big FSU fan, but he actually goes to UTC and he watches all the UTC games. And I was like, oh, thank wow. God. I really didn't want to watch <laughs> so much, much right. UTC. Uh, so so yeah, a 4,000-word breakdown on UTC? Yeah, I'm going to run it tomorrow. And I said, can I, can I publish it? Said, yeah. I said, you wrote it? Because I want to make sure you know he didn't like steal it from somebody. And uh, right. he said, "Yeah, man, I just I watch all these games. So perfect. This is uh, wow. this is going to be my preview, and you just saved me time from writing an article this week." Yeah, God bless that guy to uh, a watch all those games and then you know feel that strong about it to uh, write it up like that for you. You're a blessed guy yeah. there, uh, but you know to have, to have that kind of network to tap week, into. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, final thing Absolutely. for me, um, and, and you know, listen, I'm with Florida State fans. I'm usually at odds with them about one thing or another. But uh, I am not at odds with them on what I perceive to be some kind of bias against either Florida State or Dalvin Cook, that he's not deeper in this race. What do you put your finger on here? Is it A, uh, Florida State not having the greatest season, um, B, a lack of respect for uh, the ACC, or is it C, the trouble 
for which he was exonerated um, that he had prior to this season, or a combination of all that. What, what, what's why is he not a bigger name in this Heisman race? Why is he not at well, the top uh, of the list? Well, okay, let's 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 go through this. I think it, there there may be a little bit of C there uh, with, with the uh, stuff that he was exonerated for this summer. Um, mm-hmm. I think A is probably the most likely culprit, though. Florida State has, has lost two ball games. I'll throw this mm-hmm. back on you. What what's Dalton Cook's Heisman moment at this point? Uh, maybe he doesn't have that. Maybe there's not the Leonard Fournette run where he was, you know, uh, right. throwing guys around like an action figure. I mean, I kind of. I kind of like to run against um, Syracuse. Maybe that was something that would play over, or maybe uh, what was that? One or two plays into the Clemson game, hitting him for yeah, however exactly. many yards. Yeah, or he did have a there. did he not have a ninety something yard run uh, this year? Something he, like that? Yes, he did. Yeah, against Wake Forest, it was ninety four yards, and then uh, then he hurt his hurt his leg on the on the next play when he caught a pass. I will say this. Yeah, I would throw I would throw those three, or the final four would be busting loose on Miami and then grabbing the back of his leg. Uh, right. And, and you know, letting everyone know I'm out here gutting it against in this rivalry game, and I'm still gashing these guys for major yards. Any one the, of those the two fours. games they've that, that that's fair. The two games they've mm-hmm. had that are national TV that were were unopposed, right? Mm-hmm. Were Boston mm-hmm. College and Georgia Tech. The, the, those were not regional broadcasts. Those were national because Boston College was on a Friday night. He really didn't do much in those two games, and I think I mean you got to you got to think too. This matches up pretty well if you track it, like. Okay, when did your moment come? Who was watching that game? Sure, people mm-hmm. were watching Florida State Miami, but they were also watching other games that night. Georgia Tech mm-hmm. FSU kind of was the game that night, and Georgia mm-hmm. and FSU Boston College was definitely the game on that Friday night. And he kind of right didn't do, didn't do much in those games, especially at Georgia Tech when he found out he, he was really banged up. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I tell you what, though, if there's any kind of added motivation for next year, Mm-hmm. I think he's got a great shot to win it next year, and I, I. But I think the two loss thing hurts because you have a kid in, in Henry, for a one loss Alabama team that's really hitting his stride late this year. They're playing a right. lot of prime time games. Um, you know, you got Deshaun Watson in his own division who, who goes for three hundred and one hundred on FSU. Uh, the Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield kid at Oklahoma. There, there's mm-hmm. some decent competition this year. Yeah, um, it, you know, it, the tough thing, too, here for Dalvin's not is that he's not going to be in that ACC championship game where it would be a really, really grand stage, and Derrick Henry is going to find himself uh, in the SEC championship game. And I tell you who does not bug. care about the Heisman is the, uh, the NFL scouts. The, our our, our sure. press box are, are, are right behind the uh, – or, or, excuse me, right in front of, of the NFL scout row there. Mm-hmm. They say some funny shit or, or funny stuff when Dalvin's uh, running there, and uh, yeah, and I just they're, they they, they kind of chuckle themselves. And I, and I talked to him afterwards, and I said, mm-hmm. you know, Derrick Henry's getting all this love. And they're like, oh no way, we, 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 we would take Cook over Henry because it's the acceleration that you know can you make somebody miss in the backfield if there's penetration, that type of mm-hmm. stuff that really matters at the NFL. Um, and then I asked him about Fournette, and and most of them said they would take Fournette over Cook, but it. It wasn't as decisive as the the Cook over Derrick Henry thing. Yeah, and I could kind of agree with him on on that. You know, Derrick Henry is just a whole lot of I'm bigger than you, almost kind of like what happened in in high school with him. And you know, when you get to that next level, there isn't any of that. These are all paid professionals, uh, and they're going right, to hit you exactly. and they're going to tackle you. And if you can't really run away from a guy, then you don't get those big runs. There's no one out there that's just you know striding through guys in the NFL. It just really doesn't happen like that. So I could uh, I could certainly see that. 
All right, well, listen, I'd love to say it's a big one going out on Saturday, but it would only be that if Florida State ended up on the wrong side of this thing. So, you know, fans, however many you get out there, enjoy it. And as always, Bud, appreciate you coming on and talking Florida State football with us. All right, Chad, I appreciate it. Take care, man. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. That's uh, Bud Elliott from TomahawkNation.com. In my opinion, the best Florida State coverage on the Internet, it comes at TomahawkNation.com. I mean, you know, he told you he's got a guy that's going to send him a 4,000-word breakdown on Chattanooga. How about that? You know, where else are you going to get that stuff? So whether it's the pregame lead-up, it's the postgame film breakdown, uh, it's the actual on-the-field um, stuff on injuries, recruiting. I mean, they cover it all. Uh, and, and uh, you know, if you're a Florida State fan and you haven't been over to TomahawkNation.com, get your head examined. That's the place that you need to go. So appreciate Bud being on here with us to talk Florida State football. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. When I get back, it's uh, time to talk that clutch like MJ stuff that went down yesterday. And I will take your calls here on the show if you got a question or comment about that whole situation or anything else. Uh, and again, that number is 347-633-9365. But that's what's coming up next. Going to take a quick break. I'll be right back right after this. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Halloween. Taliban. Taliban. Yeah. Jump in, jump in, jump in. Them boys up to something. They just spent like two or three weeks out the country. Them boys up. Boy, don't these idiots at ISIS make you want to join the military? The dude's out here throwing some serious threats. Now they're threatening. They threatened the Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, yesterday. And uh, today they're threatening Times Square. Big pair of balls on these guys uh, running around making these threats. I'm of the opinion they're uh, a little bit of a smokescreen. They throw out those two cities and try to hit us somewhere else. So, hey, be aware everywhere. And that would include Miami and Los Angeles and uh, other parts of the Northeast. But enough with ISIS already. Exterminate these clowns. All right. Uh, We all uh, woke up yesterday morning, those of you in the recruiting circles, you Florida Gator fans, you University of Miami fans that are uh, very prevalent on Twitter, as well as Florida State fans, all woke up to the uh, big story yesterday, which was uh, the Florida Gators fan and supporter, clutch like MJ, uh, was outed by a gentleman that goes by the name of Ty Pod on Twitter, in which he... uh, Exposed uh, Clutch Like MJ for uh, using a fake name, fake pictures uh, on his Twitter account. Basically, that's it. Clutch Like MJ had come to uh, befriend a number of Florida Gator recruits, uh, as well as players and even some of the coaches, to uh, get information to which he used and, uh, and currently posts in a forum which uh, you do have to pay to have access to. And, uh, you know, it's not the only way that he gathered information, but by and large, that was the way that it was done. And here's what I noticed yesterday, and I'm going to take a stance here that people aren't going to find too popular. I really don't care about that. I'm not one to go with the popular stance. You know me. What I do see is a a whole lot of uh, pettiness from some of those people out there. I do get it. I understand uh, Florida State fans, Miami fans. He was merciless. Clutch like MJ was absolutely merciless against University of Miami fans and Florida State fans. Gave them all that they could handle when it came to, uh, you know, the fan battle. Very talented in his comebacks. uh, Would save tweets put out by, uh, you know, a lot of the fan, the Twitter fan favorites and uh, bring them back up at, you know, the right time, the most opportune times. And listen, you got to admit it. He was just really good at getting under the skin of these fans. So I understand them being upset. I understand them um, taking a little bit of delight in uh, his downfall, this down moment for him. I get that. I do see others, though, trying to cash in. So whether you like this or not, agree with it or not, the young man was very good at uh, acquiring information. Now, I'm of the opinion, and I think I might have mentioned this when I had him on the show last night, that uh, he didn't really need to go under an alias. Could have just done this as his regular self. However, the alias, what it did allow him to be was more bold. You know, there's a certain amount of uh, boldness that can come with being anonymous. 
and essentially for the time there until he was, you know, outed yesterday, he was basically anonymous, going under an assumed name and identity, and it allowed him to be bold because you don't have to be directly accountable for anything that you say. If you listen to what he did say yesterday, the whole reason why he started off anonymous uh, was because he was talking about recruiting and planned to go, I guess, pretty big with it. And perhaps was concerned with running counter to some rules, NCAA rules, recruiting rules, and didn't want anything directly traced back to him. That's what he said. We'll have to take him at face value for that. I did have a lot of folks on Twitter yesterday wanted me to ask him a number of questions, wanted me to kill him, wanted me to attack him. I, these are things that I thought would be totally counterproductive. Yes, again, I understand folks that were upset. He was very bold in the way that he dealt with people. He did say some harsh things. I do see some of the screenshots. Did use the N-word. We'll say this. A lot of us say things in uh, what we believe to be the privacy that uh, would not be all that flattering if put out in public. Yes, he did make a mistake in uh, you know, putting something like that in a, in, in a text message where it could come back to bite you at some point later on. But those things are not always thought about when you are um, in the moment, so to speak. And so while uh, some of you out there listening, it may look like I'm uh, you know, defending and apologizing, I'm just giving you the real from my point of view. My reality might not be your reality. Some of you had different dealings with him. Did have a number of conversation with this, conversations with Neil Neil Cool, as he is, uh, that's his real name. Both of my sons did. One who is a player on the Florida Gators team. One who's currently being recruited. And for me, from my standpoint, I, no harm, no foul. I'm not damaged. Family's not damaged for having dealt with him. Quite the contrary. My dealings with him did allow me to meet some other great people. Shevola, who tried uh, and uh, did, were successful in calling the show yesterday. Met a number of people through the gentleman formerly known as Clutch Like MJ. If you're a Florida Gators fan, you can't deny he got you excited about Florida Gators football. Of course, the team being 9-1 and one provides uh, a tremendous amount of excitement, but he got you even more hyped up for Florida Gators football. The videos, which he did say last night that he was responsible for making great hype videos. Some of the videos he made making fun of other fan bases were, if you're a Florida Gators fan, hilarious. Let's not run from that. You guys like that stuff. Let's not play around and act like we didn't. And with regards to his forum, he set up a forum, said there's inside information in there, and he provided that. Is information going to be 100% correct? No, no one's going to provide you with 100% correct inside information because information changes. Things change. College football recruiting and college football is a very fluid situation. It's week to week, just like the rankings, just like the results on the field. So what may seem like an absolute today may turn out to be not so much today, you know, tomorrow, the next day. And so to come back, one of your arguments is that he's a scam because some of the information that he provided was not 100% totally correct. Uh, that's a little bogus to me. 
it's information you didn't know prior to coming in there, well then, yeah, I provided you with some inside information. You were in the know. You enjoyed it. You liked it. Don't come back now and say he's a scam. You're holding out the whole Bob Stoops thing, saying that Bob Stoops was absolutely going to be the coach. That might have been the case. For all we know, Bob Stoops had a contract there and was ready to sign it and then did an end run at the end. It's not too hard to believe. It should be like picking ball games each week. You'll win some, you'll lose some. But you might end up being better than most at it. And I'm going to give the young man his credit. He was good at befriending people, getting them to talk to him and open up and give him information. That's all that's the as as I was saying yesterday, it's the essence of reporting. It's what reporters do. Now, is he did he is he deemed a reporter? No, but he was a guy running a forum that provided information. And for you guys that paid to be in that forum and stayed in that forum, obviously there was something there that you liked. So don't come back now talking about he's a scam for that. He's a scam well because he sent money for t-shirts. Did you get a t-shirt? Did you did you ask for a t-shirt? Did you pay for a t-shirt? Did you receive a t-shirt? Okay. Then if you did receive a t-shirt that you paid for, where's the scam? Come on, man, cut it out. I think some of you guys are being petty. And if you're worried about him steering a recruit uh, in a certain direction, that's going on on a daily basis all over Twitter and social media. That is happening. And you want to point at one guy for doing it? Go right ahead. But I'm telling you, with him out of the way, you think the problem is done? Is it even a problem? It's what fans do. They try to get good players to come to their school. That's what they do. So you can get all in a huff and a puff about it. I want someone to call me and tell me legit reasons why they're that mad about it. And if you're going to tell me you use the N-word... Uh, or something like that, tell me how you are personally affected and damaged by that. And I understand, again, that this is not a popular stance on this. I could care less about popular. Did away with popular when I was a teenager, when I was a kid. Done with that. I got my own mind, my own thoughts, my own experiences, and I'm here to express them. But I'm going to allow you, the callers, right now to express yourself on that. So I can't give you all the time in the world, callers. Do understand that. There will be a limited amount of time here. But I do want to uh, give you a chance to have the floor. So here's our first caller. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. What's that, man? How you doing? What's I'm going right. on? What's just going listen- on with you, bud? Just, just listening in. Hold on. I got I to gotta put you on pause. I got to run through some callers here that want to, you know, have a take on what yeah. I've got going on here. Yeah, hold on. All right, here we go. Hello? Paula, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. Do you have a question to comment? Um, I have a comment about the whole situation. Sure. So, um, so you know, I grew down and I grew up. Um, I live down here in South Florida, and you know, all these kids that are all playing high school ball around here, you know, all going to Florida FSU. And I hear about this dude clutch like MJ who knows everything about recruiting, and you know, I wanted to be in the loop because I wanted to know what was going on and where everyone was going. You know, and I signed up, and I haven't been on it for a year, but I can tell you that it was good info. I'm not feeling scammed because I think that he really kept me in the loop. But when I started to get mad was when he kind of started to abuse his power, I think, because he has thousands of followers, and he started to think that, you know, he's some sports expert and would Mm -hmm. make all these bold 
movements, and I think that mm-hmm. that really pissed a lot of people off, like Silk and Ty, mm-hmm. you know, how he's he's mm-hmm. hyping up Scarlett off all off season, saying that, you know, he's going to start and knocking down KC. And mm-hmm. what I really have is I don't think that he apologized for what he should be sorry about. Because, number Which one, is? Mm-hmm. to the people on the forum that he was, it was so kind of unorganized. You know, he would mm-hmm. hold his cap and he would come late and, you know, TH and Bourbon will have to cover for him. Like, oh, you know, he's in traffic. And they're like, oh, he does it in his time. You know, you should be happy that he does it. He's charging people 50 to 100. You know, he should be taking this really serious, not like something he does is in the own time. So yeah, I uh, and you know what I I'll, I'll uh, shoot I'll say that's legit on that end. You're taking in money. It's a it's uh, you 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 know you are uh, you owe people something, and uh, I will certainly um, back you on that. So I appreciate you calling in with with that information uh, and expressing your thoughts on that. I have one other thing. All right, sorry. I think I, I think I dropped that guy there, but maybe he could come back on. All right, caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. Do you have a question or comment? All right, put that one back on mute. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. Do you have a question or comment? Is this me? Yep, you're up. I have a a comment. Okay, so um, the whole cuts like MJ, I got a comment on this thing. And uh, what some people don't know is that uh, he was designing the apparel. And uh, I actually Mm -hmm. was one of the designers he reached out to. He does not design the apparel. He actually mm-hmm. freelances the work out to other people. Now, I mm-hmm. was the original designer of the uh, Gator Gang T-shirt and a couple other mm-hmm. DBU T-shirts and things like that. And uh, mm-hmm. and your name, happened, sir? I'm sorry. Actually, uh, my name is actually John Whitelow. Okay. You can find me on Twitter. Sure. And, uh, yeah, I have all the information up there. I did the T-shirts and things. And uh, last month he actually redid the T-shirts, and he actually had them off. But it's not his design. He actually, I am mm-hmm. the one who actually designed the original logo. So he actually kind of scammed a little bit because he stole my work and got money off mm-hmm. of it. And, and I you you, the, you have not been paid at all. I was paid for the original ones, but not the recent batch he sold. So he did. He is kind of scamming a little bit. He'll go out and get designers. And I actually know the designer. I met him on the Twitter, who designed mm-hmm. redesigned it, and he actually didn't get paid for it. And he I, had, I know he accumulated probably up to about anywhere from probably $1,500 from it. On the T-shirt so, sales? Yeah, for the, wow. the last ones he did. The ones that we did, wow. he did break bread with me. I won't I won't lie about that. And we made mm-hmm. probably a little bit over 1000 So. Wow. 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 I mean, so I mean, what was the biggest seller, the DBU shirt? Oh, no, the Gator Gang. Those were the biggest sellers. The Gator Gang shirt. Yeah, well, I mean, out, mm-hmm. outstanding. Um, you know, I look – you know, I guess uh, I guess from that standpoint, if what you're saying is true, yeah, you you do have a legitimate gripe, man. I got to move on to the next caller, but I appreciate you calling in with that information. All right, no problem. All right, caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. Do you have a question or comment? Hey, Chad, I got a comment. This is Juice again. Um, mm-hmm. Listen, I understand you're trying to play devil's advocate with clutch like MJ here, um, but the thing is, his entire brand, everything he built, was premised on a lie. You know, it wasn't just oh. And the lie was what? What was the lie? The lie. Different name. No, a different person. He he claimed to be somebody else. We live in a world of social media. People don't even use their real names. We're running around with with handles. I mean, give me something more than that. 
I understand. My, I go by Juice. My real name is Jay. I do that for a reason. But mm-hmm. what he did was he lied to enough people, and he got legitimate mm-hmm. people, enough legitimate people on his side so that he seemed legitimate. He built an entire mm-hmm. kingdom out of lies. Mm-hmm. And, How do you feel you know, harmed he, by this, you personally? How do you feel harmed by the fact that that was not his name? Yes. Uh, you know, thinking that I'm talking to somebody who looks different, talking to somebody, calling him Ryan, you know, I defended him a lot in front of people. I defended him to tie and stroke and all those people because I thought that he was legitimate. I don't. I you defended him. You defended him against what? That being his real name or something that he said about someone. What did you defend him about? Against his criticism that the, the people who would criticize him and I, you know, I try to believe the best in people. But to be honest, I just mm-hmm. thought that he was a legitimate person. I can't even claim that I was on the right side for that. You know, I didn't have mm-hmm. good motivations there. But the thing is, mm-hmm. everything he did, everything from, you know, the revenge tour to Gator Gang mm-hmm. to the forum, mm-hmm. it was all premised on his lie, his, his, his original lie. My name is Ryan. I run this account. I am a Gators insider. He told enough lies <clears throat> to the point he got legitimate. It's all based on lies. The fact that he was a Gator insider, was that a lie? No, he wound up becoming an insider, but... You know, if he would have came on and did all of this juice as an, with the name Neil, would anything have been different? Do you think he would have failed to have accomplished anything that he did if he would have came out and said that his name was Neil? Mm, I mean, it depends. It's you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you, and with some things you can't go back and say, well, it would have been different. But I can say that uh, you know, when people took him at his word and mm. continued to take him at his word. He mm-hmm. built up around himself enough legitimacy and people, people that I've met and I've been talking to. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he took on more legitimacy than he ever had, really. Yeah, you see, Juice, I'm just having a hard time. Listen, man, look, I think you're a great guy. We've talked before. I'm just having a hard time buying that anyone was damaged by him not using his real name. He said he was well, an insider. Well, he provided him with inside information. You know, uh, So I, I, don't, I don't understand what, how, how anyone okay, was I mean, damaged by him not using his real name. We we can we can disagree on that. That's fine. But there are a few people who knew him personally, who knew him as mm-hmm. Ryan, who mm-hmm. who did get in personal conversations. And you know, I was, right. I was talking to one girl. I'm not going to mention her, mm-hmm. but she was like, I looked up to him as a brother. We had very you know good heart to heart. But I was mm-hmm. close with Ryan. I don't know who Neil mm-hmm. is, and that mm-hmm. did damage people. That damaged several people that I know that I talked to. You know, it, it's just it's just based on a lie. You know, we can agree okay, to disagree fair, on yeah, that. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I get where you're coming from. I guess it's going to take a little time fair for enough. me to contemplate that and, and pre- maybe perhaps come to that same understanding. I do appreciate you calling in, though. Yeah, thanks, Chad. Have a good day. All right. Uh, moving on to the next caller. Caller, you're on the Great Iron Stud Show. Do you have a question or comment? Hello? Yes, you're on here. Hi, um, well, my name is uh, Tice UF on Twitter, Mm -hmm. and uh, I talk to Ryan on a personal level uh, Mm -hmm. almost daily on Xbox, and he built up this lie, you know, saying that he was Ryan Bryant, saying that he was Mm -hmm. such a god, well, some -hmm. people called him that, some of his followers, but he said that Mm -hmm. he was, had all this money, lived on the beach, Mm -hmm. and he built this lie up around himself made people, mm-hmm. like all the people that talk to him daily on Xbox, believe it. Mm-hmm. And he called 
over the course that I talked to him since about March, he called me mm-hmm. ugly. He called me a pussy. He called me fat. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. He called me um, called me a no life. He called me poor. And mm-hmm. it ends up he's ugly, and he ended up being a joke and all that stuff. So yeah, listen, on point, B, on, on point B, obviously that's horrible stuff um, and not the way right. that you want uh, well, human, us to treat each other as human beings, so I definitely feel you on that. On point A, though, I'm just not feeling that. Listen, we've got millions of people following World Championship Wrestling, WWE, around here. Those aren't those guys' real names. That's not the real lives that they live. That's not how they really are. Yet we're packing the stadiums and we're piling in front of televisions on Monday to watch w, uh, to watch you know Raw and all that other stuff, and it's all make believe. And that with that right. seems to be okay, but on this we've got a problem. I'm just I'm not I'm not buying that, man. But I do appreciate you calling in with your opinion on that. You got to turn the radio down in the back. Thank you. No problem. I appreciate you calling and listening. No problem. Caller, you on the Gridiron Stud Show? Do you have a question or comment? All right. No go on that. Caller, you on the Gridiron Stud Show? Do you have a question or comment? Is this me? It is you. You're up. You're on. All right. Um, I'm Paul on Twitter. Um, I was uh, I was in on a personal level with uh, Ryan or Neil. However, well, when you say personal, me, did you meet him? Had you met him face no, to face? No, sir. Uh, oh. No, sir. I, I was I, I was played Xbox with him. I exchanged uh-huh. a lot of personal information with him. I was with Thomas. All those guys that he was trying to um, get off last night, saying they had no idea and everything. Um, basically, okay. he he's he's a manipulative guy, Chad. Like mm-hmm. that's the only way I can explain him. There's no he, question. I don't dispute that. You got to be somewhat right. manipulative to get the information that he got. No question about it. Reporters right. are manipulative. That's that's right. what they are, and they get paid he handsome was, money, and they get cherished in this country. Yeah, he 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 slandered people to the point where they felt scared to uh, back up on him, though. Like to go up on him. Like a lot of people, like Thomas and everybody, he would talk behind mm-hmm. people's back. He would do mm-hmm. things like uh, talk about my girlfriend being Jewish and say she's afraid of ovens and shit. Like, just mm-hmm. nasty, personal-level shit. And we mm-hmm. thought he was who he was. And we were like, you know, he knows a lot of shit, so we dealt with it. But now that So let me stop out, you real quick. What hurts you more, the stuff that he said like that or the fact that that's not his real name and identity and picture? Which which hurts I, you more? I, it, it, it is that he said that, of course. But, right, uh, and that's I, the answer that you should have, in my opinion. Right, right, of course. But this just adds on to the fact, is what I, mm-hmm. is what I think we're the point we're trying to get across. And so you were pissed anyway. You you were pissed whether this guy's oh, name was Neil, definitely. Bob, Ryan. You were already pissed at him. Mm-hmm. Definitely, a hundred percent. Well, you I know, get and it. And uh, those things, if if yeah. that's if those are the things that he said, obviously despicable, and um, you know, obviously you know the behavior that shouldn't be tolerated. So that goes for, right. like I said, whether his name's Bob, Steve, yeah, Ryan, Neil, is. whatever that is. So I I appreciate yeah. you calling in and sharing that story with us. No doubt. All right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you know. Actions like that, obviously, that's something to be disgruntled about. I just want someone to really tell me how they were harmed by that, not you know, by him using uh, an alias. Because you know, like I said, these wrestlers use aliases. Uh, some of these actors we cherish and we give awards to, those aren't even their real names. Um, we've got personalities in this country making millions of dollars that aren't using their real names. So someone help me with that. Perhaps this caller can. Caller, you're on the Great Iron Stud Show. Uh, what's your question or comment? 
Caller, are you there? All right, put that one on the back burner. Caller, you on the Gridiron Stud Show. Do you have a question or comment? Hey, morning, Chad. How you doing? Good. I guess I'm going to be the only one that's, that defends this kid. I mean, uh, I've been a member of the forum since June of last year, and I sign up for the forum to get information. I don't give a right. crap if this kid's name is Neil, Ryan, using a picture from a dude named Neil Walker, whatever the hell that kid's mm-hmm. name was. I don't right. care who he is. His information mm-hmm. was solid. He right. normally had it for any of the other sites. I don't care how he got it. I didn't ask mm-hmm. how he got it. I mm-hmm. logged on. I checked, mm-hmm. you know, when there were posts. You made, got what you paid for, basically, is what about. you're saying. I, I got what I paid for. I don't care mm-hmm. to be friends with Ryan, Neil, whoever he is. Mm-hmm. I paid for information. Mm-hmm. That's why I joined the forum. And right. And I should question 10, why we would want to get everybody. that intimate. We'd want to get that intimate with someone uh, over over some type of digital media. But that's a whole other story. I, you know, I I wouldn't at all. That's not my thing. I know they would always talk about how to. You know, they would want to try and have Gator Gang tailgates and everybody meet up and Ryan. You know, be there. Neil, whatever the kid's name is. And then obviously that's when people started questioning him because he didn't exist as Ryan or look like Ryan. But mm-hmm. That ain't mm-hmm. me. I go do my own tailgates. Uh, I got information. The information was solid. Uh, I didn't ask how he got it. I don't care how he got it. He normally right. has it. Right, it could have been a dog else, providing right? that information. You just wanted inside information. So didn't to sum care. things up, didn't care. You paid for you paid for something, and you got that, and 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 you're good to go on that whole deal. Did I, I sum paid it up? for it. I got it, sir. And he's the only one that pretty much had that Jordan Scarlet flip well before any mm-hmm. site did at all last year. And anybody wants to try and doubt that, they can. But <laughs> He had Jordan Scarlett before any site did. So Right. Well, there, well, there you go, man. I mean, appreciate you calling in and, and being that standalone guy. <laughs> I will be. I, right. I'll, 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 I don't care. I appreciate your show, Chad. Hey, and I appreciate thank your son, you. Quincy, by the way, too. He's balling this year. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> All, right. All right. And, you know, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with that guy. But I'm open to hearing other people because when I walk away from this show, I'm going to think about some of the things that are being said by the folks here. So it's kind of why I'm doing this. All right, caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. Do you have a question or comment? Yeah, is this me? Yeah, it is. Um, it's Ty again. But, oh, man, this is mm-hmm. corny. I'm not not mm-hmm. your show, but still talking mm-hmm. about it. I mean, this is yep, and, it, and for me, for me, Ty, it's going to die right here today. You know, in the next ten, okay. when, in, when right. the next ten minutes are up, it's dead for me. But I just want All some right. of these guys that are going off and going in here to tell me how you were hurt personally by the fact that he wasn't using his real name. And again, I've given the WWE example. I've given you uh, actors. We got a lot of people in this country profiting very heavily, and that we cherish that aren't using their real names and not living a real life. Name your rapper. Uh, name any of your pop performers. Those aren't, you know, some of them aren't using their real names. These aren't their real lives, but we're uh, we're buying their stuff. So help me yeah, out. Yeah, I understand that. But the thing is, he's he hasn't been doing this just for recruiting. The dude's been telling people on Xbox since 2007 that he was a guy mm-hmm. named Ryan Bryant. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not some kind of mental evaluator, but dude's got problems mm-hmm. if he can go eight years claiming he's somebody mm-hmm. else, living every day like he's somebody else on the internet degrading mm-hmm. people on how they look because he thinks mm-hmm. he looks like Will Greer because the guy's pictures he's using thinks he looks like Will Greer. I mean, nothing Yeah, that's the that beautiful thing about social media. It gets us to – we well, it allows people out there to create lives that aren't their own. I mean, that's the world exactly. we live in. MTV's got a whole show on it. 
Exactly. But the thing is, I mean, he lies about things you wouldn't even have to lie about. I mean, I've talked to mm-hmm. recruits since I busted him out, busted him out on Twitter yesterday about mm-hmm. info that he posted in the forum. That's not true. I've talked. I'm not going to say a recruit's name. Defensive end who he claimed he was going to close the deal on because he was going to meet up with him. Dude says he's never mm-hmm. even thought about meeting up with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he mm-hmm. said he went to – all right, when Armwood was playing in the playoffs last year, I can't remember who they were playing. They were playing up in the panhandle somewhere. And right. he tells – I mean, he tells people he's going to the game. He posts pictures that he's at the game. But he was well, using somebody uh, – I mean, he was using a news – let's, 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 let's be, let's be real here, man. If you're not using your real name, you know those aren't the pictures. There ain't no way you're showing up to anybody's tailgate or a game. Exactly. We'll talk I mean, about that surprise if that happens. I mean, so you can understand on that. You're perpetrating some kind of fraud with respect to your name and, and how you look. You aren't going to show up to any of these deals. That just stands to reason there, right? Yeah, I understand that. But I'm saying the whole reason that he – you know, his catfish thing came way before his recruiting thing. I mean, he's telling mm-hmm. people on Xbox before he had Facebook or Twitter under Ryan Bryant that he was Ryan mm-hmm. Bryant. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, perhaps that's something he was working down. on. Perhaps, Yeah, perhaps that's a name he used to get and do certain things uh, prior to this, and he just went ahead and moved it into the whole recruiting thing. I, I'm not going to dig that deep into it. Uh, again, this was a guy using a fake name and a fake identity, but – um, you know, I hear your points, and you are the guy that brought all this to fruition. Kudos to you for doing that type of research work. Um, man, maybe you, maybe you got a career in CSI or something. You did some real serious <laughs> homework there. But I, I, I want someone to tell me, man, why, how, are you, how are you monetarily or mentally oh, hurt by I'm this not, guy uh, was, having a difference? I'm not going to get hurt by a guy on the Internet. I mean, that's not – You don't sound like, you don't sound like one of those guys, though. Yeah, you don't sound yeah, like one I'm of those not guys, gonna man. I'm not going to get but, hurt. It's not yeah, I appreciate you calling in. I know there's a lot of people out there who feel hurt that are glad that you exist and did all that work, man. But I appreciate you calling in. Yeah. All right. All right. Caller, you're on the gridiron stud show. Do you have a question or comment? Bad person. You there? Hello? Yes, you're on. You're up. Uh, hey, I'm uh, – I, I had some uh, – all right, looks like I lost that guy. Moving along here. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. Do you have a question or comment? Yeah. Hello? Go ahead. You're on. Yes, this is Easy Jeffrey. Yes, how are you? I'm doing okay. Good. I'll Go ahead with your thoughts. A, yeah, uh, I never even liked the, the Ryan dude is, is a fake. Um, like mm-hmm. I said, what Kyle was talking about, uh, it was coming up to chalk call. I'm, I'm only 20 minutes away from the bar. And mm-hmm. uh, I talked to him about, hey, you want me to meet at the game? And he was like, yeah, man. And he didn't show up. And then I was like, well, what happened? He was like, oh, you're in the trash and a loser and all that. And I was like, hey, look, man. Mm-hmm. I said, I'll tell you what, I ain't like 20 minutes. I said, I'll come down there mm-hmm. to see you. We can see you. And uh, mm-hmm. you make a hype video about you getting booked down there at the beach. You know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah, well, just I'm not going to advocate any type of violence like yeah, that, but I understand you being upset, him. you know. I get I get you that, you know. It's just, sure. it's just, it wasn't just me, it was just his attitude, and like that, what he was trying to say, to put on his front, like he's a rich boy, and got all these mm. he's doing all this and that, and do some complete fake, man, and I feel like y'all here defending this guy, like, oh, it's social media, it's, you know, puts on the front, but. That dude's a fake fraud, man. Why? Who would defend a punk like that? 
Yeah, who knows? I can't dig. Up, I man. can't dig that deep into it. And like I said when I came on and I made my statements, I have my experiences with him. Uh, others have different ones. So you know, mine might not be the same as yours. He never spoke to me the way that he's saying that you're saying he spoke to yeah. you. So I understand you being more upset or upset about a- anything that he did, where I'm not necessarily uh, upset. I mean, you'd have been mad no, if, as Neil Cool, he said those things to you. So it doesn't matter oh, yeah. that he was using the name Ryan Bryan. It didn't matter. You did, that just the guy was ugly to you. So that yeah, has nothing to do with him having a fake name, right? It didn't hurt my feelings. I'm, I'm a grown man, you know what I'm saying? I'm, it didn't right. hurt my feelings. It was just like, well, you know, a talented grown man. And, you know, let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's take the next level. You always talk about he was just that. He was bad or whatever. And I was like, well, I ain't trying to hear that, man. I ain't the 20 minutes away. We, I don't want to talk about it on Twitter. I got you. I definitely understand you on that. You know, he didn't speak to you in a, in, you know, in a respectful way, and I appreciate yeah, you he, uh, calling yeah, in and, and giving of, us that he story. He just done a lot of people. He just done a lot of people like that, man. It was just I didn't like. I was never in this form. I was never bought none of his shirts, none of that. You know what I'm saying? I got you, man. I, I, I appreciate you like, calling in and sharing it. I got. I, I do have to move on to a next caller, but I do right. appreciate you calling in. Thank you. Caller, you on the Gridiron Stead Show? Do you have a question or comment? Hey, what's up, Chad? This is Antonio. Hey, how are you? Good. Um, I just wanted to put this out there because mm-hmm. uh, people, uh, Ryan, or uh, well, Neil, has been saying that it was for recruiting purposes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's a complete mm-hmm. lie. Me and my brother mm-hmm. have known him for my brother for almost ten years now, and I've known him. For known about him? Seven have years you now. met him? Have you met him? No, not, I know not met him, but we have been communicating on Xbox. My my brother met him on Xbox because they both were Gator and Steeler fans. That's how they okay. first met. It was back in 2006. Gotcha. And uh, I just wanted to put that out there that he has not been doing this for recruiting purposes. He's been doing this for mm-hmm. almost ten years now. That's the real mm-hmm. creepy part to me. The real creepy mm-hmm. part about this whole thing is that he's been doing this for so much longer than he says he has. And I don't mm-hmm. want, and back whenever he was in high school. So I have right. no idea, like, why he's saying, uh, he, and he's still lying. He's still lying. He's saying yeah. he's doing it for recruiting Well, there's no question. Listen, that, that is not anything that's in dispute. That's not anything that I'm defending. It's obvious. He came on and said that himself, that, uh, yeah, he lied about all this stuff. Um, you are telling us that it's been 10 years. So, I, you know, I get it. Um th- nothing we're not disputing that he lied here and there may be something deeper yeah. there i don't i don't know that we'll ever find out don't know that i'm going to go that far to find out yes yeah, so i get it i my whole thing is how how were people uh specifically affected by by him using a different name that's all i'm really trying to get at so i but i appreciate you coming on and bringing that fact out to us that adds to the show that he's been doing this for 10 years man i appreciate you calling in i got to try and take these last couple calls as all right. we wind all right, down cool cool Thank thanks shout Thank out you. to everyone in the chat danny and all y'all sure. All right, trying to race through some calls here, trying to get through them as fast as I can. Probably got 30 seconds here. Caller, you have a question or comment real quick? Caller not there. Caller, caller, you're on. Question or comment? Hello? Yes, you're on. Real quick, what's your question or comment? And he's out of there. All right, running through these. Last one up. You got about 30 seconds here. Question or comment? Hey, I was in contact with Ryan, and yes, uh, he called me, had info with me, and he uh, actually told me we were going to have a three-way call with Byron, and then he kind of hung up the phone really quickly and like said, like, uh, Byron can't talk right now. 
So I'm just questioning if he like even knew Byron. I don't know what you know about it, but thanks. Yeah, I'm, I would take him at face value on that. Um, and in some of our conversations, I got reason to believe that he was communicating with him. All right, I got to run. Appreciate you calling in. All right, I uh, I still have calls on the line here. I don't know if, uh, according to uh, Blog Talk Radio, my time is up here. But uh, if anyone out there is listening, if anyone out there is listening, uh, please let me know if you're still hearing the show. Uh, send me a message here on Twitter at Gridiron Studs. Let me know if you're still hearing the show. If uh, if the show is still being, if you can still hear the show, then I'll continue to take these calls. If not, then obviously I don't, you know, I'll be talking into the wind here so we'll just pause here for a minute or two and again um if anyone is listening to the show i'll probably wait about a good two minutes here drop me a line and let me know if you are still hearing us here on the show uh otherwise again i really wouldn't see the the point of continuing uh if there are people still on the line that can hear me um i would say this um Again, I get it. Yeah, he was nasty to people. Yes, he got under some people's skins. Uh, yes, he did come at people hard. Um, that is what Twitter has seemed to be about for me. Um, that's what I see people doing on a daily basis on Twitter, on Facebook. There's people uh, attacking each other. So um, that's kind of the environment that we're in here. Um, so far as him having a different name, I'm going to say this again. We uh, celebrate wrestlers in, in this country. Those aren't their real names. We go and pack the stadium to watch them. Um, we pay for all their stuff. We made them millionaires, and they have, don't have real names. And they're uh, living lives that they, uh, they're purporting to live lives that they really, really don't. A number of the rappers that we go out and um, buy all of their stuff and their mixtapes and everything else are living, uh, are you know, saying that they're living lives that they're really not. They're fake lives, fraud lives. But here we are, we're celebrating them and we're cherishing them. That is the environment that we live in. So I don't know that it's all that crazy that, you know, individuals uh, that are not celebrities would go around doing this. And social media provides them with uh, a great opportunity to do so. And uh, they continue, they continue to do that. So... Um, I don't know um, what the big deal is from that regard. Some of you folks that are calling in and telling me about encounters that you've had with him or the dealings that you had with him, sounds to me like you'd be pissed off whether the guy's name was uh, Ryan or his name is Neil Cool. He upset you. So why don't we just call it that? Don't come with the uh, he was a fraud thing. I don't know if he's a fraud. Yeah, you used a different name. Hulk Hogan a fraud? I don't think Hulk Hogan's mom, when he was smacked on the ass at the hospital, said, we're going to name that kid Hulk, last name Hogan, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at on this whole deal. So I don't know if I can still be hurt here. I don't believe that uh, that I am. Um, and so, you know what, I think I'm going to have to end this here. The rest of you guys that are listening to me on the line here, since uh, I don't think we're still on, uh, I think we uh I think we'll have to you know, you'll have to take this to Twitter if you still want to go with it and I apologize I don't you know, I only get a chance to do a two hour show here and so uh we've used up the a lot of time. And also you folks that have come in and made the comments, uh I've one hundred percent even though I may disagree with some of you, I absolutely uh appreciate your contribution to the show. I appreciate your opinion. Uh, even though we may differ on it. And, again, I'm going to think about some of the things that was said here. Maybe I'll change my mind on my stance on this. But as it stands right now, 
We've got a ton of people profiting in this country, big time, that we have made celebrities, we have made rich beyond their belief, uh, that are using fake names. So, you know, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? So, um, you know, I, I think I'm encouraging klutz like MJ, Neil Cool, to uh, come back, come back using his real name and go about doing what he did. Because, listen, he was talented at some of the things. So, uh, he was talented in some of the things that he did, a lot of the things that he did. And you can't really deny that. That's just the way that it was. And uh, you had Florida Gator fans that really liked what the guy did. It's fandom these days. I see a lot of this going on. Maybe some of you guys are in a little bit of a bubble. Since I'm in this recruiting game, um, I'm following um, stuff going on with, you know, all the major schools. I see the fights between Alabama and Auburn, USC and UCLA, Texas and Oklahoma. I see them all. Michigan and Michigan State, Michigan and Ohio State. Yep, I see it going on all the time. So this is not unique. And the whole identity thing, you guys will find out in time that this is nothing unique either. This social media. You get to be whoever you want to be, and it's happening on a daily basis. I'm going to have to leave it at that. Again, uh, listen, I've got time constraints here on Blog Talk Radio. I just don't get to run this thing as long as I want. So I apologize to any of you who tried to get into the show today and you were not able to get through. Uh, if you feel that strong about your comment, you can send it to me uh, at Gridiron Studs. But I kind of want to let this thing die now. I think it's run its course. Uh, there are football games that are going down now. If you're Florida State, your team's on the field 4 o'clock on uh, Saturday. University of Miami's got another game coming up here. Florida's on the field against FAU. So, Let's turn the focus to football now as we start to head into Friday, and uh, let's get back on that. But again, I appreciate you all for listening. I want you to continue listening to the show, and uh, we're on weekdays at 10, and I do the uh, recruiting show at 8 p.m. on Wednesday night, so continue to tune in. And again, thank you all for listening. Appreciate you, and uh, until tomorrow at 10 a.m., thanks for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. Enjoy your day.